Shalom Ubracha, we are up to Yuma Daf Yud Test. Today's Daf talks about the conversation that the Zakinim had with the kind Godlo preparing him for the day of Yom Kippur. We discussed the different rooms of the Beis Mikdash where the Kohen Gadol stayed, the Kohen Gadol's status as a Shliach, a Bezdin of Shemayim. We discussed the Tzidukim and their Chumras, their misconduct. We also have a discussion about gesturing during Kriya Shema while saying Kriya Shema, as well as the understanding of the Pasuk of Vidibarta Bum. But our Mishnah, then the Vietches, tells us that Bezdin would appoint Zikhanim of Ziknei Kahuna to go with him to Beis Avtinas and teach him how to do chafina? It's one of the hardest avodas in the base of Mikdash. And then they would make him swear, and they would leave. So what would they? What was the shvu that they made him make? Well, they said, We are shluchim of bezdin. You're our shliach and the shliach of bezdin, and we are going to make you swear in the name of their banu shleilam, who you know his shchina is in this house over here, that you will not diverge from any of the halachas that we taught you. You're going to do it correctly. They would each then go into the corner and cry, respectively. Then that night, if the Kohen Gadol was a Tamar Chacham, then he would darshan, he would be able to give a drashan, whatever he enjoyed. And um, if he wasn't, then they would be darshan, they would, they would darshan for him. If he was able to read Tanakh, then he would learn. And if not, then they would lane for him. What would they lane, him, lane for him? They would lane of Ezra, Devayayomim, Gishmaka, Sugya, something that would, that would keep him awake. Zachariah ben Kevutal says that there were many times that I read for the Kohen Gadol from Sefer Daniel. Now the Gemara says that they would teach him Chafina. There was this scooping process of the of the Kataris, putting it from the spoon into his palm, using his mouth. It, uh, the Gemara talks about it later in the, in the Masechta. The Kohen Gadol had two rooms. He had the Lishkas Parhedrin and the Lishkas Beis Avtinos. One of them was in the north of the Beis of Mikdash. One was in the south. Now, we know one was in the north, because we have a Mishnah that says that there were six Lishkais chambers in the Azara. Three in the north, three in the south. The ones on the south were the Lishkas HaMelech, the Lishkas HaParva, and the Lishkas HaMadichan. The Lishkas HaMelech kept all the salts for the Kabanas. Lishkas HaParva is where they would salt and uh, tan uh, all the skins of Hektish. On that roof, on the roof of Lishka Saparva, they also had a mikvah for the Kohen Gadol to toivel in on Yom Kippur. The Lishkas HaMagdichin, the third of the Lishkas in the south, is where they would clean out all the organs of Kachim, and there was a spiral stone staircase that went to, their, to the roof of the Beis Parva. In the northern side, there were three chambers, the Lishkas HaEitz, Lishkas HaGoyla, and the Lishkas HaGozis. The Lishkas HaEitz... We're not sure what happened over there. Over there is Rabbi Yaakov, who was the the Tana of Mesechus Midas, says he, of uh, Tamid, says he doesn't remember what was there. And Bashal says that the Lishka of the Kohen Gadol was behind here. All three of these Lishkais had an even roof. And the Lishkas Hagoyla was there, where there was a bar that Kleisrol dug when they came back from Gullus, and they had the stone on top of this pit of water, and this water is what they used in the Azara. The Lishkas Hagazis is where the Sanhedrin of Klayosheral sat, and they would select the Kehanim that were kosher. If a, a Kohen was not Roy for Kahuna, the, they would don him to be puzzled, give him black clothing, and he would go out, and then if they found one that was 
kosher, they would give him white clothing. It's a sign of simcha. And then he would go in to do the Avodis of Yom Kippur with his fellow Kehanim. Now, we know that the Kohen Gadol had a chamber in the south because we have a mission that tells us the northern one we know, because we mentioned before that it was behind these three Lishkais in the north. But in the south, we have another mission that tells us that there were seven gates to the Azara. Three in the north, three in the south, one on the east. On the south, there was Shar Hadlaka, there was Shar HaKarbon, and the Shar HaMayim. On the east was Shar Nikanor, either because of that famous story with the doors of Nikanor, or by the time of the Yavanim, there was... Someone named Nikanor, who was being mechashif, uh, he was doing bad things. And they, they cut him up and hung his different limbs around that shar. So a little more of a gory version brought down in Yerushalmi. By Shai Nikanor, there, there were two chambers, one on the right, one on the left. One of them was called the Lishkas Pinchas Hamalbush. This was where Malabish, this is where they, ha- they would have the wardrobe for all the Kehanim. And the first person to take up a position there to run the wardrobe was named was Pinchas. I guess he did a good job. His name lived on. And the other lishka was where they would make the minchas chavitim for the kohen gadol. On the northern gate, there was um, the shar nitzoitz. The binyan achsadra uh, was by shar nitzoitz, which was an extension. There were hallways that went out onto the harabayas, and the kahanim would climb onto this building outside the Sharnitites where there were shamer on top while the Levim were shamer from the bottom and there are windows inside this bi- uh, building facing into the Harabayas. The second gate there was the Shara Karbon. The third one was the Shara Beis HaMoikot. And we have a Baisa that tells us that there were five Tevilas and ten Kedushin when the Kohen Gadol washed his hands and feet that the Kohen Gadol did on Yom Kippur. You see, we still didn't figure out how we knew that he has a room on the southern side of the base of Mikdash. So he has his five tefillahs and ten kedushas to do on the day of him Kippur. They're all done in the Kedush, on the roof of the base of Parva, in that mikveh there. Except for one that he did on top of the Sharmayim, which was next to his room, which, which, is, which tells us that he had a room down by the south next to the Sharmayim. The only thing that we're left with is that we don't know whether the Lishkas Parhedrin was in the north, and the Lishkas Besav Tinas was in the south, or the Lishkas Besav Tinas was in the north, and the Lishkas Par, uh, Parhedrin was in the south. But the Gemara says it would make sense for the Lishkas Parhedrin to be in the south. Why? Because he would wake up in the Lishkas Parhedrin, in the south, he would go to the bathroom, go to the mikvah, then he would go to the north, learn how to do the Chafina, he would go to the base of Mikdash, do the Avoid the whole day, and then, finally, when it was time to come back home during his sequestering, he would get sprinkled by that fire para, according to the Akiva. We learned he, would, he was sprinkled every day, and he would become Tomei, so then he had to go to the mikvah again before he went to sleep. So then he would go back to the south, go to the mikvah, and go, then go to sleep in his lishka, which was in the south. So it makes sense that the lishka's parahedron was in the south next to the mikvah over there. Because otherwise, he would be waking up in the north, going to the bathroom, going to the south to go to the mikvah, he would learn how to do the Khafina. Then he would go to the base of Mikdash, do the Avoidah the whole day, and then later that day he would be sprinkled by the Afar Hapar, go back south to Teuvel, and then he'd have to come back north to his room in the north to go to sleep. So why would we make the Kohen Gadol run around like that? Well, the Gemara says, actually, it could be 
that we did make him run around like that, and his room was in the north, because, well, number one, maybe we wanted to drive him a little nuts, because if, he's, if he was a tzaduki, we kind of want to discourage him from taking up this post. Or we could say that we want him to have to run around and schlep a little bit, because we don't want him to feel too much at home and get haughty in the base of Mikdash. You know, we don't want the Kohen Gadol to even look in the Kodesh Gadoshim more than necessary. Uh, that's one sheet of why they fill up the whole room with smoke right away with the Kataras so that he won't have the chance to gaze at the beauty of the Kodesh Kadashim. He shouldn't feel too much at home. If we did want to make the Kohen Gadol feel comfortable, well, we could have made both rooms right next to each other or just made one big room. Now the Gemara goes on to uh, understand the statement in our Mishnah when the the Zakanim would tell him, Kohen Gadol, Ishi Kohen Gadol, you are... Our shliach, the shliach of Bezdin. The problem is that this doesn't fit according to Avihuna. Avihuna says that the Kohen Gadol and the Kehanim are the, shlu, the, shlu, the shluchim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He can't be our shliach because we can't even do the Avoidah. You're only allowed to have someone be your shliach if you can do it yourself. So the Gemara says, you're right. He is the shliach of the Rabbanu Shalalim. What they're saying is, we're going to make you swear on our das, on the das of Bezdin, not that you are our shliach, but we don't want you doing any shtick over here. The Rishenim tried to figure out, if he was a tzaduki, then why does the shvua help? Because according to the tzaduki, he's doing a mitzvah and a, sh- and a shvua. To not do a mitzvah won't work. So this might be why they made him swear with a lushan of that you won't change davar mikol masha amarnu You won't change anything that we told you. And that includes things which, according to the tzaduki, are the right thing to do. In which case, the shvua would be binding based on the things that were not violating his mitzvah. There are a few other answers to explain why the shvua would have worked on a tzaduki. Now, why, were, why, why did the king Godal and the Zakinim go off crying after they made him swear? Well, he was crying because they just accused him of being a tzaduki. They were crying because they were likely being chayshed him b'chsherim. And Rabbi Shuman Levi says that anyone who's chayshed b'chsherim is loike begufa. He gets bodily afflictions. So why were they accusing him in the first place? Well, the tzadukim held that the katerus was supposed to be set aflame before entering the Kaddish Kaddashim while still in the Heichal. There is a story about a tzaduki that the Gemara records who did set up the Kataris in the pan before going into the Kashkadashim. And he was so pumped about it, he came out and went over to his Tzaduki Tati, and he said, look what I did. I, fo- I followed our halacha. And he's very upset at him. And his father said, look, this is what we learned, but we don't actually do it. Which is an, also an interesting note about the Tzadukim. The uh, Tzaduki's son, the Kain Gadol, who just was over and did that vodah incorrectly, he was in such pain. He said, all my life I was trying to be Mekayim, the puzzle ki be'anone ro'ela Which the Tzidukim learned that you're supposed to come in with the cloud of Ketairas, set up already from outside. The problem is the puzzle also says, umole chofnav, that you're supposed to be doing it inside. And we learned that it's an inside avodah. And he said, now, finally, I had the opportunity to do it and tell me that I shouldn't do it. Anyway, it was not too long later that this Kohen Gadol Tzaduki died, and he was thrown in the garbage, and there were worms coming out of his nose, Rashi explains, because the nose is the first thing to go into the Kaddish Kedoshim. Maybe it's also because the nose is what smells the Kataris. Others say that on his way out of the Kaddish Kedoshim, he died. They heard, uh, Rav Chia says that they heard a thud coming from the Heichel, 
and they found that a malach had struck him dead. They found the imprint of the sole of a calf between his shoulders, and the Pasuk describes malachim v'ragleim regal yasharav kaf ragleim kekaf regal egel. So a malach smote him down on the way out of the Kodesh Kedoshim. A malach is not allowed into the Kodesh Kedoshim while the Kohen Gadol is doing the Avoy Desayayim, but he wasn't doing the Avoy correctly, or potentially he chapped him on the way out. Now we learned in the mission that Zachariah ben Kevutal used to read for the Kohen Gadol from Sefer Daniel. Now Hanan bar Abba, Rav Hanan bar Rava said to Chia bar Rav in front of Rav, he said over this mission, but he said uh, that Rav Zechariah ben Kefutal with a fe instead of a ve, uh, with a with a vase. And Rav um, gestured with his hand and said, no, 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 you mispronounced that. It's Kefutal, not Kefutal. So the question is, well, why didn't Rav just tell him what you're mispronouncing his name? Well, the Gemara says he was in the middle of Kriyashma. So the Gemara says, well, if he was in the middle of Kriyashma, he shouldn't have been able to gesture either. If it's Bar Marsa tells us that if someone is reading Krishna, he's not allowed to gesture with his eyes. He can't wink. He can't look somewhere to tell someone something. He's not allowed to uh, mouth a message. He's not allowed to point, do anything with his fingers. Rebelozer says, Rebelozer Chasma says in a Braisa that if someone gestures during Krishna or does any of these uh, gestures while saying Krishna, the Pasuk says, Veloi Oisi Karosa Yaakov. It's absolutely awesome. And the Pesach says there's a difference between the first and the second parak in Kriyashma. During the second parak, he would be allowed to gesture, and that's what Rav did. Now, when the Pesach tells us, Vidibarta bom, what does bom mean? So the Gemara says that you're supposed to speak out Torah, Vidibarta Torah bom, but not Tfila. Alternatively, that in Torah, that's what you're allowed to talk. You're allowed to talk Devei Torah, but you shouldn't be talking Devarim Betelem. Some Kalos Roish. Rav Acha learns that we should speak Torah in a Keva Diga way, and it shouldn't just be a flippant discussion. Ravel says that if someone does say Sicha Betela, he's actually, he's just, someone just schmoozing, he's either in an Asay of Vidibarta Bom. Why are you doing some jibber-jabber? Speak in Torah, not with other stuff. Rav Yaakov says, he's even over on a lav of called Varum Yegeim, lo yuchal ish Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.